Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of the number one lacrosse podcast in the world, Rise Up. I am back this week. Thank you very much to our producer, Danny Healy, for uh, taking over my role. I was on a little vacation, but man, it's good to be back. I'm a little tired. I'm, I flew out of uh, Portugal this morning, so I'm a little jet lagged, but man, it's good to be back on with you, Greg. Yeah, welcome to the party, man. Good news. You don't have kids, so you can sleep as much as you want to catch up on it, dude. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Back to work tomorrow morning, bright and early. I got a, I got a lot of emails to catch up on, and I, I should have done it this afternoon when I got back, but I've nah. been kicking my feet up on those the couch. Email, those email responses would have sucked. <laughs> it would have been a pain. <laughs> but, man, I, you guys listened to the episode last week. I, you guys crushed it. Um, you had some great picks, and I know you were ready to razz me a little bit about Princeton. Um, but, you know, we had some great games last weekend that unfortunately I wasn't able to watch, but watched some YouTube highlights. I was following along on Twitter, um, excited to chop it up. And, man, we're really getting down to it. And, and also, you guys did a great job breaking down the draft picks. That was that was sweet to listen to. I was listening to it on a beach in Caixa, uh, Caixa, Portugal, and had a fantastic time. Was drinking a pina colada out of a out of a pineapple. So you had yourself a summer vacay in the spring. Good for you. Exactly. The weather yeah. was like just warm enough where you could do the beach at night. It got a little bit cooler, but obviously I got got that first sunburn of the season out of the way. So hopefully, so it's just- I, I will get my sunburn out of the way this weekend. The Face Off Academy does our Western Showcase every year, so I'll be in Vegas, hoping to catch a little loud luxury at uh wet republic on sunday before i head home so i'll be nice and tan <laughs> next week don't you worry oh baby that's a that's a good one i've only been out to vegas once and it was in the it was in february so the pools weren't open or anything um nah, that was like dad, kind of my- dad doesn't go to vegas unless the pool's open because i don't do nighttime in vegas there's nothing <laughs> for me there i'm not a gambler and i don't like going to clubs so yeah pool parties during the day that's just right I, I would love to get back out there for a pool party. I went just kind of like a random weekend with two of my buddies, which is awesome because like it wasn't like a big crowd where we really had to plan yeah. things. We just kind of rolled with it. Uh, we went to a Vegas Golden Knights game. We we gambled, played some blackjack, went to did the concerts at night at the clubs. But it was a quick, you know, two days, two nights, get out yeah. of there. And Gold, Golden Knights, man. That's my that's my second squad. I was a day one Vegas fan. Any team that starts in Vegas, I'm a fan of. I want to thank whoever doing the lines for the NHL playoffs because I've been making a killing on the Golden Knights. They had no faith against the Oilers, and I, I was know. killing money lines with, with the Knights. So thank I was you for rooting that. for I was rooting for the Oilers. I want to see McDavid get one. Now, once the Bruins got bounced, you know you root for greatness, right? McDavid needs to get one. Yeah, you know what's greatness? Uh, uh, making money. Stanley Cup merit. Stanley Cup parade in Vegas. That's greatness. <laughs> you're you're not wrong there. That cup is not going to survive that. No, no, it barely survived uh, Tampa when they had it on the boats, and then the same with the <laughs> Lombardi Trophy when the Tampa Bay Bucks won. You know, Brady was throwing it from boat to boat. He was a little pretzeled, yeah. I think. Well, we'll see who's going to be throwing the NCAA title around this year. I, you know what? There's it's, some it's... great, some great upsets, some great games. We'll we'll recap the games from last weekend. We'll get into some. Previews for this weekend, we'll be joined by Scotty in a little bit. He's running in from a lesson, helping these kids get better with his 42 performance performance LLC. We heard Greg talk about the Face-Off Academy showcase out in Vegas this weekend. I'm sure there's going to be a great showing there. 
Um, and as always, shout out to Roback. They got the polos, they got the shorts, they got the sweatshirts. Make sure when you need to get your Roback gitch, use promo code RISEUP20 to get all of your Roback needs coming up for this summer. And man, yeah, uh, we got a great interview coming up. Uh, your boy, Mike Sisselberger. Yes. What what round, what pick did he go in in the draft? He was the first FOGO to go, right? He was the fifth overall pick to the Archers, man. First FOGO to go. Yep. Yep. That's, and well, we knew that. We knew that was going to drop at some point in the first round. I thought either he or the Chaos. Chaos got their guy. We'll go over that later. Um, but yeah, five five faceoff guys taken in the draft. Uh, you could tell once one was taken, everyone was a little nervous. It was an um, arms race after that. Yeah. But Absolutely. yeah, a lot of talent came out this year. So yeah, we'll get into a little PLL talk. We'll get into obviously the some NCAA recap and the preview for the games coming up. And like I said, we have an awesome interview. We'll talk about we'll talk to Mike about, you know, his college career, historic college career at Lehigh. We'll touch upon probably, you know, his wrestling experience, how it helps him on the field and uh, talk about his excitement for his uh, rookie year in the PLL. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. Single season all time NCAA record holder. Not 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 a bad, not a not a bad dude at all. So it's going to be awesome talk. Yeah, without further ado, we'd love to turn it over to our interview with Mike Sisselberg. Mike, great to have you on, man. I know you were a few minutes late. We we won't hold it against you. You beat Scotty on by a minute, so that's still a win. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Just a surreal opportunity. Obviously, growing up watching all these guys and just getting the chance to talk about something that I love and kind of share a passion for a lot of stuff, blue lacrosse, weightlifting, and just uh, common sense of humor. I'm really excited. Oh, it's good. Well, it's good, man. man it's, it's great to meet you virtually. Um, I've been following you from afar, and I've heard nothing but great things from from Greg about you, and he's just been singing your praises all year as we've been following you this season. And congratulations on, you know, being the first face-off man taken in the PLL draft. Uh, you want to start with that and, you know, speak about how, you know, excited you are for this upcoming summer? Yeah, I mean, it's a surreal experience. I want to say thank you so much for that. Congratulations. Um, I kind of tell people now um, the easy part's over. Now I got to go play and kind of live up to that hype. Um, so I, I really wouldn't want it any other way. Um, it all sounds great on paper being the first guy picked up off the draft. But like I said, it comes with a lot. It comes with a lot of weight on your shoulders. Um, but I know it's like such a great crew behind me in the Faceoff Academy, including Greg Beast, Jerry Raganese, and all of our coaching staff. I mean, I'm set up for success there, but I, I got to go out and do it. So that's the hardest part, I think. But just the opportunity, like I said, is something that I've been looking forward to kind of my whole life and my whole uh, college career. So just being able and being so close to it, training camp's like two weeks away, I think now. Um, it's it's all coming really fast. Mike, I, uh, you know, I think for me, it was a pleasure to get you as a guest because I kind of see similar uh, characteristics between me, you, and Greg and Sieb's. Yeah, maybe right. off the field, maybe off the field. Um, but but you know, going into this, my advice for you, man, I always like to give the young guys. We had Colin Curse on here. We, you know, we have some guys, the cursed uh Asher, young guys. You know, listen, the biggest thing you have going in there is the self-discipline, right? Self-discipline as a pro dude, like we don't we don't practice every day together. So like that gym stuff, that weightlifting stuff, people that fucking made fun of you now and made fun of me and Greg, like you meatheads, why are you lifting like this? Like you have camps, you have shit. It's like because to stick around for so long, you need to be working that guy because you'll watch you guys that go one or two years playing off of who they were and stopped lifting and stopped training. They fade out really quick. And the guys that stick with it and have that discipline, you're going to be able to have a long career and you have the talent to do it, brother. So I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, just hearing it from you and obviously 
about to hear from Greg, um, all the input there. It's just it's surreal because you guys have done it. You know, you put in the work not only in the weight room but on the field. So um, it just goes to show it pays off. So I, I'm honestly just really excited to see what happens. And yeah. actually, right now it's senior week at Lehigh. Everyone's down at Ocean City, Maryland, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stick around here and uh, get some lifting in and stuff and hang out with our strength coach. So kind of yeah. on the discipline, but yeah. I also know there's there uh, work's not over. Job's not done. Yeah, there's so who have you talked to from the archers so far? Um, so I had the, op- the great opportunity of playing like the USA thing, um, this kind of summer and fall. So I got to t- talk with Tom Schreiber, Grant Ament, Matt Moore, Jared Connors, um, obviously well known household names there. Um, but other than that, no one really have had a conversation with besides like uh, a group me chat or like a text here and there. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. You guys report what the Friday before Memorial Day? I believe so. Yeah, I don't know if we have the exact uh, stuff, but I know it's Memorial Day weekend because I had to cancel my uh, plans. Well, here's here's a question, Scotty. Maybe you can answer this. How American is it to have training camp during Memorial Day weekend? <sighs> it's something. It's something. I is mean, that's that's like American, that. or is it something that rhymes with mommunist? <laughs> Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that. It's it funny you say that, Greg, because a couple episodes ago when we had Ryder on, he was like, you know, hopefully Notre Dame keeps rolling. So yeah, <laughs> back on yeah. camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think. Listen, I think the that Mike is about to get used to. Well, you have a week off, right? A couple weeks, two weeks off from now to training camp. Yeah, I have a couple weeks off. Yeah, your body's going to need that rest because Greg knows the grind. That's like two a days and, and draws and draws, and you're not taking draws against like. So anyone, it's taking a draw against a guy that's like wants your spot. You know, it's like it's just different. Even when the third string goalie would show up, you'd be like, "Fuck, man, that guy's good as shit." <laughs> like, you know, like you gotta play well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also think you know you're you're displaying a characteristic that is important to understand when you become a professional athlete, uh, especially a lacrosse player, because you're not going to be a millionaire. Big S word. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But it's you're gonna miss some shit. You know, Matt Rambo, we had on here and he was talking about like, yo, like if you're going to miss, like if you're going to like if you're going to miss a game because you have to go to your friend's wedding, like you're not a pro. And that's just the way it goes. Unfortunately, that's the sacrifices we have to make. But also, you're, you're you know, you're coaching face offs, too. Um, so for you, it's it's beyond that. You know, it's it's showing um, the kids that are watching you what's important and, and how you train. So, you know, it's a good lesson. Um, well, I want to I want to circle back though to Lehigh because I got the pleasure when I played it um, in the pros. My first season was with the Rattlers and Kevin Cassis. Kevin's actually the reason I wear thirty two because he had twenty five when I got stud. the Rattlers. Like just a phenomenal human being, like an absolute stud lacrosse player, but one of my favorite people in our sport. Like also a, a two way midi who faced off for Team USA for years. Like tell me what it was like playing for Cassis. I've been saying it a lot, but it's honestly a dream come true. I mean, I grew up with Coach Cassis. Um, he actually coached my youth team. Um, so just just having him so young and just learning what greatness was at that age, it kind of segued me into being something, an aspiration really to be a player like him. Um, so him taking face-offs and watching that like 1990 film on YouTube and just seeing him play, I was like, I really would like to do this. Sorry, Coach, uh, if you're watching this. Not from the 90s. Everything was HD. Um, uh, yeah, so just like learning from him, like the aspects of the game, not only face offs, but what it took to be like a man, especially as a young man. 
Um, I think he, he instilled some really good characteristics, not only in lacrosse, because, you know, everybody at that age doesn't go on to play at the next level, but he instilled, like, really good qualities in all of us, no matter what we are uh, continuing to do. And obviously, he continued to do that in my college career. Um, just some awesome stories. And thankfully, it never happened to me, but we, we ran a really tight ship at Lehigh. I don't know what other stories you guys have heard, but we, uh, like, our starting goalie this year, like, he forgot his shoes um, to breakfast one day. Um, and on an away trip and he's like hey man I, I appreciate it but that's not what a Lehigh lacrosse man does so he actually uh, got sat that game um, so coach really likes to just just have good hard ownership he's still in us ownership yeah and yeah. Yeah, I've, hey, Mike, Mike, I, Mike I did that when I was in college and I I got a pass by coach Corgan and I think we were kind of strapped we were strapped for goalies at the time but I forgot my helmet um, <laughs> you pulled a Bruce Smith I forgot my helmet to uh to, to we played uh Drexel and we made a trip all the way out to Philly. I'm thinking everything's good. Going go in for the pregame shoot around, getting geared up. I go, oh my God. And dude, dude how much did dude, your heart stop? Dude, I'm happened? telling you right now, because my helmet is is customized for a fat head. Like yeah. I didn't I, I never wanted to get a dual shell. So I was the like, stretch I, just, limo? I I gutted it. Like it was gutted on the inside. It was like a shell. So he's like, just use a helmet. I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. I'll freak it out. Like, you know, and, and, you know, face-off guys and goalies are very similar about gear. Like, oh, yeah. can't, don't fuck with my, my pregame. So I was, dude, he gave me a pass. Coach Yo, Corgan. You played, you played lights down that game, didn't you? Oh, dude, I fucking had like 20 saves. <laughs> I, I, was, I was so nervous that he was going to sit me because that is a, a good learning tool. That is not how you do things. I was a fifth year, too. I was, I never made a mistake. And I was like, I remember from that moment on, dude, I fucking was like 20 minutes early. 20 minutes late after after practice just to get that because Coach Corgan would give me this look every day. Like, I can't believe that. I cannot believe well, that. Well, now that we've taken the scenic route on this conversation, yep. we'll, we'll get back to Cassis because I actually yeah. want to add something else there. Yeah, but that's what I'm here for. But no, no, this yeah. is perfect, Scotty, because remember how and, – and, and, sis, you tell us if this is true or not. How – maybe maybe not um, – you don't believe in, like, luck or anything, like superstition – but we all kind of had a very regimented schedule in college about how things had to be leading up to a game because you had so much time. But then you get to the pros, and Scotty learned in college what everybody used to learn in the MLL, which was like, guess what? Bus broke down for the second time on this trip. There's not a locker room. Ha! Guess what? We forgot. You know, equipment guy doesn't have jerseys. And all of a sudden, you start to realize, I can play great with no sleep, without my gear, with the missing with a missing pair of cleats, and you start to really stop believing in superstition when you play pros. Yeah. But like let's circle back to um to Cassis here as you were saying about what what he is as a but also the question I want to ask you because Cassis is, you know, obviously a, a huge part and you're also from that area. Mm -hmm. You could have, especially with the blanket waiver with 2020, at some point like a lot of guys you got. You could have said, you know what, I'm going to go see if I can play for an ACC team or a Big Ten team. And I know plenty of schools would have jumped at you. You were the number one faceoff guy in the country for like four years. What made you consistently stay with Lehigh and Cassis? Um, I think the first thing that I look at is my family, obviously from being from here. Um, so I actually lived at home for two years of college. And just having that like home-cooked meal when you get back from practice and just having your family around you. But I guess a more grown-up answer would be, Kind of like establishing myself in my own area. Um, the Lehigh Valley, like I said, is something that I've always been a part of. And I would like to be successful in my own, um, I, I don't know, domain. 
because there's a lot of people here that have doubted me, especially after a couple of trials and tribulations early on in life. Um, and I guess the biggest thing for me was thinking in the back of my head, you know what, if I leave now, I'm going to feel like I quit. I'm going to feel mm. like I went somewhere else and never finished what I started here in the Lehigh Valley. Um, so that's that's just a huge chip on our shoulder I think I'll always have because I, even though people may not think it and some people may, um, I always just feel like someone's going to be in my ear um, just ready for me to make a mistake. So I'm not going to give them that opportunity, especially in my own hometown. Um, so that's the biggest reason. I want to make. I want to be the most successful man I can be here in the Lehigh Valley, and hopefully make a name for myself, and hopefully a family later on in life. It's like we, hey, beast. It's like we fucking had a test tube, took a little bit of what me and you had, and threw it in the like, cess. Yeah, cess. Scotty and I had a baby. Holy um, shit! And, and then somebody Is else that, raised him correctly. That's possible, right? Holy shit! Yeah. Can you guys tell me whose hairline I got? Because I got absolutely shafted. You got, you got mine, bud. <laughs> Well, you got you got you got Daddy <laughs> Rogers. Shafted. Yeah, you got Daddy Rogers. So that's that's, that's super interesting. Uh, I knew you were from that area, but I think that's you know an amazing answer and, and so respectable that you know, like you said, you wanted to finish where you started. Was growing up, you know, you, you mentioned that Cassis, you know, coached you when you were young. Was it always Lehigh for you? Talk about like that recruiting. Was it Lehigh or bust? Were you looking at other options? What was that like? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I honestly get it a lot more um, than I thought. Um, so growing up, when I was when I was committing recruiting, you were getting recruited in like eighth grade, and they ended up changing that rule, which I think is for the better because God knows in middle school what college you want to go to, let alone it was a you want nightmare. To, yeah, twenty twenty right. classes when they right. changed that, and I feel Thank bad. God. It's it was crazy because you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life. You're you're still picking out your spandex to wear to the local dance. You, you hadn't eight, eight, you hadn't gone to yeah. high school yet. You yeah. hadn't taken your first high school class, and you're trying to figure out where you want to go to college. It made no, <laughs> no sense. It was just a cool thing to do. Yeah, it was just a cool thing to say. Like I'm going to the University of Maryland, and I'm in eighth grade, and I get <laughs> prep. And I'm like, that's awesome. Can your mom take us to the movies later? Right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so Lehigh recruited me young, which was a blessing and I've always wanted to go there. But in all, in all honesty, I wasn't really highly recruited coming out of eighth grade. I didn't really hit my uh, stride um, or get discovered, I guess, until like sophomore year when I started beating guys who were quote unquote like ranked on like inside lacrosse's uh, 2018 sophomore rankings, which is... Yeah. Ty Zanders. Yeah, Ty Zanders. Yeah. yeah, Ty Zanders. I always, I always had beef with Ty Zanders growing up because I was yeah. ranked. Don't, Join don't the club. All. Yeah, don't up until I, up until I was older, I always just pass him at uh, tournaments. I just gave him like a stank eye. He's probably like, "Who is this <laughs> five foot four, stocky little chubby kid giving me the dirty look?" And I look at him damn well. But no, we've actually, I've actually got to talk to him about it. Um, all is good, yeah. damn. But yes, I, I'd say. Up until sophomore year, I wasn't really high recruited, and Lehigh took a chance on me. So I thought I would stay, remain loyal, and uh, give back to them what what they gave to me that chance. I love that. I love that. Man. Yeah. There now also, like you had touched on earlier, you got a chance to be with the USA training team, which never really happens for a college guy, especially a guy who's still in college. Mm -hmm. Like I know Trevor came right out of school, and he played with me in that gold medal team in 2018. But like. Tell me about that experience because I, I know I was there helping out and coaching for a little bit with it. You were you were crushing it. Thank you so much. I mean, again, I know I'm going to say it a lot, but I just give so much credit to Greg Beast, obviously, um, and the whole coaching staff, Face Off Academy, all the guys there. And 
it was just surreal uh, because like I said you you look up to those guys that uh that you you watch growing up and then you you got to play against them and you're still in college too so that's like you're you're starstruck at the same time but you're like shit like yeah. <laughs> you gotta win like jobs gotta you gotta do your yeah. job um but but I, I realized that I was there um for a reason and they they invited me to come for a reason so I was like you know what I, I belong here even after having some good some bad like sessions um everything worked out in the end and i just remember talking to greg about it i was like look um obviously coming off in a 79.5 percent season you expect to win we'll round it up to 80 we'll say you expect to win 80 percent of your face-offs but when you go into an event like that against the best guys in the world a 50 percent day is some people would call good but you look at it like i just came off a season where i went 80 percent meaning I mean, everybody knows it watching the podcast. You won 80% of the faceoffs. Everybody else that you played won 20% if we're taking yep. average. It's effing nuts, and it probably won't ever happen again. Don't mean to toot my own horn. But you're allowed to. Well, don't, You're allowed to. will change the rules to. again thinking they got us. And exactly. they'll screw it up and somebody will go 90. It's behind the back now. Stand up. Me and Thistle are going to do our own, our own sidebar. Right. Uh, but, but, hey, but, but what Mike talked about was pretty, pretty awesome there is, listen – I remember that feeling too. Greg can remember it also because when Greg was with San Francisco as a as a young guy, I was with uh, the Hamilton Nationals. I remember Brett Queener. You know, Brett Queener's the guy at the time. He's on all the magazines. He's running, scoring goals, and they're going, "Hey, you're going to start the first half. Greg's going to back. Uh, Queener's going to back up my first game." I was like, uh, "Are you sure? Uh, should I? Should someone tell him?" Or they're like, "You're going to tell him." I said, I- "I'm not going to tell him." What, what do you mean? I'm, I'm just going to stand in the goal. I'm 22 years old. So Huntley, who is my coach, you know, God rest his soul, he's the best. He was like, go tell him. So I had to go up to the locker room, pregame shooter. I'm like, hey, Brett, Coach Hunt said I'm getting to go tonight. And, and just like Brett Queener on, t- on, on point goes, F- over my dead body you are. I said, all right, well, looks like we're going to well, shoot around pretty well, hostile tonight. So well, we Brett, to I got some bad news for you. <laughs> It's not going to be had, my dead body. And you had to play like that, Mike. You had to play like knowing that guy didn't want you to play. But guess what? I looked up to him. I looked up to him. And I, I right now we're, we're best friends. But, yeah, that first game, that first couple of games, yeah, man, that's part of business, right, yeah. Greg? I went through the same thing with Beaner, man. My my rookie year, I faced off against Paul Cannabine, and I could not believe it was happening until, like, the yeah. seventh faceoff. I, I mean, was yeah, like, okay, yeah, this Cannabine. is happening. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, I'm, what I'm curious is, uh, Greg talks about on the podcast a lot the adjustment um, there is between college faceoffs and professional faceoffs. Is that something that you've kind of considered, Mike, or you know, are changing your strategy going into training camp? Is that you know what what are you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, I know Jerry's going to see this. I work with Jerry every day now that the season's over, and he suggests that I stand up. I mean, I'm trying new things because every, I mean, everything's personal preference. So I haven't really decided yet. I mean, I've had I've had success standing up, um, and I I've had success knee down in the USA training camp. But I think the most important aspect that I look at it is like um, I, I'm versatile. So no matter what happens in the game, I can resort back to going stand up or I can go on a knee. Uh, I think yeah. it's really important for a faceoff guy to have both because um, if you're a one trick pony, that doesn't really work really in any position um, in the league. So I'm really excited to see how that works. And I'm actually really excited to be able to do both, um, if, if that answers the question. 
No, no that's that's okay. if I've I, if I've learned anything from Greg, it's just go early and you'll be fine. Yes, just go well, on no, the second. I, 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 can t- I, I can tell you from the goalie. I think goalies, like I said, goalies and faceoff guys are very similar in, in the pro adjustment. I think for goalies, it's always two. We always say two year adjustment. The studs do it right away. A couple a couple goalies do it right away, but it's all timing, right? It's all timing and speed. But also, you said something that's great. Just being able to kind of make changes on the fly and do it. And if you do it in game. You're gonna be ten times better than the guy that's like waits a whole game to make those changes because you'll be in the lineup. So, like I said, I think you're out. You have the IQ. You have Greg behind you, which he knows all the the rule changes as they come by the second. So, you'll be all right. I'm 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 cursed with knowledge. I I went through the same thing my senior my when I came in my rookie year. That my senior year in college was the first year I went knee down because they got rid of the set call in college that year, and. I was like, I got to start on a knee so I can be down quicker. And then I was good at it, and I was like, ah, crap. Like, I don't know what I should be doing in these pro games. The good news is, is I feel like you could do the same thing, but you also have to remember in the PLL, timing the whistle is important, but it's not nearly as important as NCAA, right? Like, in the NCAA, you can clamp, you can rotate, box the dude out with your frame and catch it to yourself 30 times if you want. In the PLL... That field is shorter, and the and the wings are the best wings ever on the in the world, and they're a yard closer. Yeah. And Jake Withers proved you could win less than ten percent of your clamps in a season and win a championship. Yeah. So a I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it out there. Just do anything except be on a knee and go neutral grip. Do do go knee down moto or stand up neutral, please. Hey Mike, what's Mike. that first Mike? What's the goal? The first goal sell you gonna be like? Oh, that's what I'm into. Oh, I don't know what that first goal selling is going to be. Is it going to be like a flex? Are we going to be a heartbreaker? What are we doing? That's a great question. Honestly, I haven't even thought about it that far. <laughs> He's going to go hug Tommy Schreiber. He's going to hug Tommy. Give him Break a his back. Hug. Tommy's yeah. out for a week. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's out for a week. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I got to I gotta get the starting job first, knock on wood. I got a really talented crew. Um, and then I guess after that, uh, shit. I'll figure it out from there. Just Probably. let it out, dude. Just let it out. Well, that's the other thing, too, is you got another FOA coach in Justin Inacio who's coming back from an ACL. Exactly. Um, and you guys, I mean, that's a lot of knowledge and talent mm-hmm. at one spot, Yeah. Um, which is pretty awesome to, to have that. It's so, true. yeah, I mean, have you spoken to Justin yet since you got drafted? No, I haven't, um, which I would really like to um, do that, but – I've just been kind of like a chicken with my head cut off, just trying to get in the best shape I can. So it's it's literally been waking up, going to Lehigh, work out with the strength coach, driving down to Jerry in New Jersey, uh, which is like an hour forty five each way. So that's like a five, like oh, whatever. I don't, I'm not good at math. We'll don't, say don't do the math. Though. No, don't. Yeah, yeah, that sounded yeah. right. That sounded right. Four hours facing right. off for two hours, working out right. for two hours. I get back home. It's nighttime. And then I have a girlfriend, uh, love of my life, who I live with, actually. Our hey, welcome, welcome to the pros, big fella. Yeah, so it's I got a lot, <laughs> I got a lot of stuff right now. But welcome I, to I, the before. pros, brother. And she yeah. loved you before you made all of that PLL money. Yeah. She loved me in high school, which is ironic because yeah. I was so a little. That's, that's what I always try to tell. I always tell you, Becca, you loved me before I was running around like a psycho, right? Damn straight. She, yeah, I was no, way. Uh, no, she. No, you were always running around like a psycho. I was always a psycho. That was the, yeah. that was the catch of the claws. Yeah, so. I got had a good time though. I mean, I had hair back then. I was a little uh, less <laughs> less bulky. Um, but hey, we're getting older now, and muscle. Dude, and- dude don't just stop it. Don't tell me about getting older, man. Yeah, please, I don't know. Fourteen seconds away from forty. I don't want to hear about your older stories. You don't have a line on your face. Get the 
<laughs> so, no, I'm excited. So what's the other plan though? Like this summer you're going to be playing in the PLL. Do you do you have any aspirations to play indoor too? Um I mean I have whatever aspirations I mean are presented to me. I'm I'm just grateful for every opportunity. So if I have the opportunity to play indoor, I definitely will take it. Um but people sleep on it. I wasn't the worst student in college. I actually got a job um doing medical device sales here in the Let's Lehigh Valley. So it's like, what can't this guy do, really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yo, so, yo, I did sales. Yeah. Sell, me, sell me this pen. I was, oh, great, great scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, for novice surgical here in the Lehigh Valley, medical device sales. Um, so that's a dream come true. I'm just really, I'm, like I said, it's oh, yeah. for everything. It's awesome. You're a awesome. Lehigh Valley lifer, man. I love it. Oh, for life. The, the freaking uh, – Novice surgical is like 15 minutes down the road. I just stopped oh, it. Like, how much easier could this guy have it? It's gonna yeah, be, uh, it's how often do you get over to uh, Lancaster? Honestly, I haven't been to Lancaster in a in a good bit, but I go sometimes with my family who loves the Shady Maple Smorgasbord. Shady Maple Smorgasbord yeah. is, the, is a goddamn American institution. Oh, yeah. Scott, uh, bre- was it breakfast spot? Dude, Scotty, this place is run by Mennonites. <laughs> it is gargantuan. <laughs> Huge. And it has all the food in the entire world there. What are we talking? Like biscuits and gravy? What are we talking? All of the food Everything. in the entire world. All right. All right. I'll take I'll listen, And I'll you pay like, well, I haven't been there in a while, but you pay like, what, 20 bucks? And you literally eat until you're about to die. Oh, yeah. You do that it's, a buffet style. It's great, too. And it's just oh, surrounded by the Amish community. Nothing going on. You could get a shed. Maybe you could walk out with a shed if you want. Exactly. Yeah. You from firewood? Yeah. So maybe some candles? You go eat. Your shed will be done by the time you're done eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel will, will crush that for you. <laughs> Ezekiel, yeah, Ezekiel could change your tire. Yeah, we're big in the shed. Amish community. I bet there's a lot of Amish watching this right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I want you guys to know, even though you don't believe in electricity, unless you're making a smorgasbord to make money off of us muggles, <laughs> I appreciate you guys. I appreciate that, too. Oh, shit. So yeah, I don't think did you know you were coming on here to discuss Shady Maples? <laughs> oh, no, he no, didn't, he didn't wow. know he, was, he didn't know he was coming on at all. He thought it was on Tuesday, which is today. <laughs> yeah, just so everybody has a backstory, we were right here for like 15 minutes wondering where he was. I call Mike, and he's all excited to talk. And I was like, "Where are you?" He goes, "I'm at home." I was like, "What? Why aren't you on the thing?" He goes, "Well, it's on Tuesday, isn't it?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> Mike, this is summer. This kid's gonna forget his elbow pads like eight times. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> someone will remind you. <laughs> summer after school. I don't know what days or what. And I again, I feel horrible about that. I'm That's sorry. a good life. No, no we're busted. I, I feel horrible. Day. Scotty's late every week. It's fine. Yeah, I, I really just I don't I thought it was like Monday or either Monday or Wednesday one of the two just yeah, not exactly. <laughs> it's, Monday. it's it's definitely nah, Monday nah. or Wednesday <laughs> I gotta write it on so my finger came card. back from Portugal and he knows what time it is yeah that's all uh, yeah I had a long one and I was, I said you guys could handle it without me came on you know but man we're glad you came on this has been a great interview so great to meet you and and have these guys on who always speak highly of you to you know hear you come talk about yourself your accolades and your aspirations it's been great fellas do you have any last questions for Mike before we uh, cut him loose so we got we got going to the final four man oh that's, that's a really good question I have Duke um I'm gonna throw Army in there because I it's it's a patriot I know it's it's a patriotic thing and they beat us so I don't want us to look like shit although I graduated so it doesn't really matter I'll put Army in there 
Duke, UVA, and Notre Dame. Okay. I like I it. Sounds right. And Strong. I, sounds right. I would have Duke winning it. It's going to be one of those Duke-Notre Dame games, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my take. I know. Okay. Let's hope. Let's hope that we can change. Well, Scotty time. and I will argue about that in the next segment. <laughs> but, sis, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Love you, kid. Really, you. really glad to have you on here, buddy. Yes, I'm a big fan of yours, man. I, I can't wait to watch you this summer. I'm a huge fan of all you guys. Again, thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir, brother. See you. Best of luck going forward, man. We're rooting for you. Everybody, welcome back from that fantastic interview with Mike Sisselberger. Uh, what a guy having him on. Reminds me just of you two. I know Scotty was making those mentions. Man, we had to get some bigger boxes on our on our Riverside chat to fit every, all this meat on the screen. But great interview. Uh, for the rest of the show, we have some recaps of the games last weekend, um, some round two uh, upcoming games, quarterfinal games. And then we have some POL updates. We have some 30-man rosters, some other league transaction news. Um, but, man, Scotty, good to see you. We missed you in the intro. Great to have you on. I know you rushed right on. Got on, um, boys. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fading a little bit. I just telling you guys. I got, in the you. Chat. I got, the, I got the rest, man. I, I, I had, a, uh, I actually ate airport sushi coming back from Houston. So I've been dealing with uh, things pouring out the front and the back here for the last 24 hours. So we're good. We're alive. Ooh, I, I'll tell you what. I've been. I ate. I ate so yeah. much oh, fish yeah. this past week in Portugal. It's like I was like I'm gonna immerse myself in it, and I, I ate too much. I can't eat fish for a long time. Yeah, don't get mercury poisoning. All right. I didn't even think about that. But <laughs> what they what they do there is they they give you the fish with the bones in. So the first time I get it, I'm hammered off of, you know, a bottle of wine and I take a bite, big ass bite of a cod. Oh. And I'm just like pulling the bones oh. out of my teeth. I'm like could have been, the the- been the vino though. Oh yeah, it could have been. Yeah, could have been the vino. Just working through it. But yeah, I mean, I like I said I've been away um as as you can see from my nice tan. I didn't get to catch all the games last weekend, but I'd love to run through them. I know Greg's been hot with his picks. Um, Always is. First game we had was UVA Richmond. I I saw some clips. It was just an absolute mud pit there at uh, Clockner. And, you know, playing on that grass field, tsunami rain. But UVA took care of business in that interstate battle. I think we all assume that. Yeah. Yeah, the, Not, the first the first day's games were kind of a layup. Yeah, and we can we can move right on from that because Notre Dame took care of business with Utah. You know, Utah had a great season coming out of that first ASUN uh, championship, but Notre Dame just too much too much firepower. I saw a great clip of a pole pass to a pole pass to a pole, and then scoring. I was like, yeah. how they all get down that side of the field without it being offsides? Dude, Utah didn't touch the ball for like the first quarter. It yeah, was one of the tough. most perfect quarters of college across I've ever seen. Where Will Lynch, Will Lynch won every face off. Yeah, and Liam Edmonds just got to cycle it around, him. score. If you don't yeah. score, pick it up. Like it was just crazy. Yeah, congrats, congrats, Edmonds for getting five hundred. I think he's one of like seven players to get five hundred saves in his career. Uh, I mean that's hard. Listen, that's that's fucking. I I I only had two years of playing, so I had enough rubber in the tank. So he uh he definitely hit the end of the rubber, and he's now got he gets another to start year left. Oh, he's got another one. Jesus Christ, he's gonna have seven hundred saves. Maybe he's, maybe he's gonna have eight hundred saves. He might be maybe one. At the yeah, end. we'll see. I mean, he's the backbone of that team right now. He, I he feel is. like the the offense gets a ton of credit as they should. Um, with the Kavanaugh brothers and them doing their thing. But you know he's he's like he's the final line of defense and he's you yeah. know, keeping them going. 
he gives the confidence. So listen, that confidence in the playoffs, it, it's huge to ru- to ride that confidence and have like a pillar back there. It's you need it. So dude, confidence is streaming through that whole team. They they look they look great. They look like they're on a killing spree. Like yeah, since yeah. last season. And now, now look, if you watch the games on ESPN, you were probably tired as hell of hearing this, but because they beat it to death. But it's like, yeah, you got snubbed last year, and they have been on a killing spree. They have and, been, uh, but Virginia is the one person in the killing spree that could kill back, I feel like. Yeah, well, they I, don't I, see them this week, but yeah, you're right. They're on a correct. collision course for sure. Yeah, for sure. Next game up was uh, Army 16, Maryland 15, the first upset of the weekend. Fellas, do you see anything good here? Yeah, you know, this was – I was talking to Healy about it. Like, I had Army in this game. It was plus four uh, or something, right? Plus yeah, four. I had them I had them covering, and I was like, dude, this isn't – I didn't think it was an upset. I thought Army had proven all year that they're this good. Agreed. I think also Maryland is still, whether it's right or wrong, is still being compared to last year's Maryland team, which was historic. This is just a really good Maryland team. And in any other year, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. But I think unfairly, this team was compared to last year's team. Army has all the pieces to the puzzle. And Will Coletti, their faceoff guy, got off to a hot start, got them a bunch of possessions early, and they played great down the stretch. Um, so, yeah, I thought I thought I wouldn't call this an, an upset. So so here's why I think it, it was, you know, the way it was. So Army wasn't going to get into the tournament unless they got that Patriot League automatic bid because of the nature of their schedule and the nature of the RPI. They right Army lost their first game of the season against UMass. They lost by a goal to Cornell, and then they lost by a goal to a pretty good BU team. Those are their only three losses of the season. But because of their lackluster out of conference play, they weren't gonna. They weren't. They didn't have a high RPI. So that's why you know they only have three losses on the season. Um, well, by a total I will agree of with four you from goals. An RPI number standpoint. Yeah, I'm a. Lac- I just I look at lacrosse like a lacrosse player though, and I'm just team, telling you the rationale. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, teams at the end of the season, how they're playing is the team that I look at. Not couldn't give a shit what happened the first three games of the season. And Scotty knows this. Like your your team changes so much. These are kids, and it's over the course of two months. A lot of stuff happens. I'm looking at Army in that Patriot League tournament. I'm going, this team, same way I'm looking at Michigan, by the way. I'm like, this is the real team. This isn't a team that's just hot. This is a real team. This is how good they are. So, yeah, and I and I did the same thing when it came to Princeton. I was judging Princeton based on the team that I knew they were capable of being. So, yeah, I mean, look, any, everybody loves Coach Alberici. Yep. And if you're rooting against one of the academies, then you're weird. Yep. Um, so, good to see the Army dudes do their thing. Um, and get to that next round. Well, we'll get into it in our previews, but I mean, you're going to be rooting against them next weekend yeah. or this weekend. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Next game we had was uh, no shortage of offense. Georgetown 19, Yale 17. Um, for you know the viewers, people watching at home, that must have been a fun one to watch. The, the Hoyas, the you know, excuse me. Said the under never stood a chance in this game. Scotty, you get you get to check out that game. You know, we were we were haters on Georgetown early in the season. They they haven't lost a game since February. What do you think? I don't here? think so. I don't think no. any of us were haters. I, I think, think they I were. was. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were. I think I think I always was on the fence of like, dude, there's so much talent there. It has to click at some point. Yeah. And, I think and, you can go back to the receipts, and there's a lot of us talking after they started 0 3 this year. Yeah. 
we are still believed. Right. We all yeah. believe in Kevin Warren. Except, we all believe that they were going to get it going. Sorry. My my biggies biased, but uh, yeah, they yeah. took care of business. Um, Yale was a team that we saw flashes of greatness all year long, but the biggest uh, question mark for them was always their defense. When they were losing games, they were letting up close to twenty goals, and that's exactly what happened here. Um, you're not going to win many games letting up nineteen. I also want to give a shout out to Nick Ramsey, who played his last few years. I mean, he's played at uh, Yale for I feel it feels like a million years at this point. Um, starting faceoff guy had to like really soul search after last season and decided to change his stance up. And he had an, he had his best season, uh, and he finished with going fifty six percent against a team with James Riley as a starting faceoff guy who just got drafted into the PLL. So, you know, shout out to to Nick for for making those changes this offseason. That's what happens when you focus on what your craft is in the offseason and you actually focus on improving yourself. So good for him. Agreed. Absolutely. Next game up on uh, the recap was Hopkins taking care of business versus Bryant. A lot of people here were, I think, upset that Hopkins got an easier draw than some of the teams that were seated higher than them. Scotty, what's up with that? You know, you, I don't you, you think it's easier. I don't. I don't think it's easier. I think. Listen. I think the parity is great. I think that's just how the beauty of this tournament is. The conference winners will get, will get a game, right? And like so, they've earned it. The other, the thing that people were upset about was that the MAC conference winner played the CAA conference winner in the right. play-in, which was Marist Delaware, and Bryant didn't have to do the play-in. And I think what I was reading was it was because of based off of travel budget by the NCAA, which is always kind of a red flag when that comes up, but. Yeah. I think you, I mean, it's hard to say because, right. You could go, you could go I know. a million ways. But but I mean, Delaware took Duke to the ropes. I mean, we can jump right, right to that game. Delaware, right. they've been great all year long. Uh, they've been a tough out for everyone. They, you know, they didn't get blown out in any of their losses and they took care of business in the CAA. And man, they took the number one seed to the last, you know, minutes of that game. Dude, at some point, somebody needs to start respecting Delaware in these rankings. Yeah. Delaware has been doing this for the last few years. And they knocked off and Georgetown last year. If anyone, if anyone can play if anyone can play with Duke Duke or Delaware though, it, I mean sorry, Duke or um Georgetown, it would be Delaware because of their size and athleticism. Their size and athleticism yeah, is always and their coach, DeLuca's yeah, a great coach. Yeah. Elite. Yeah. Now, I actually when it came to, to we were talking about the picks last week when it came to picking this game, dude, I had to go with the OU because I was like Delaware is so good that I feel like they might be able to knock off Duke. Right. So I went with the under and strictly I, I, I went with the under strictly because of uh what's his name? Owen Grant. <laughs> I was like, Owen Grant is the closest thing to Brody Merrill I've seen in a while. And uh I was like, at some point the defense are gonna put the clamps on the scoring and this thing's gonna hit the under. But yeah, Delaware I hope they start getting more respect, man, because they're also recruiting well and they're gonna they're gonna not going anywhere. They're gonna be this good. I Agreed. I totally agree. I mean, Delaware is a team that I, they should you know, not have been in the playoff it playing game. Me like, me playing at Villanova, Delaware is a team we played every year, and yeah. you know it was it was never an easy out. It was always you know billed as a little bit of a trap game for us. Exactly what you're saying because you know the lack of respect, but it's, that whole CAA is you know a tough conference and they play good teams. You know if you look at the teams Delaware lost to this year, they lost to Villanova by one, Michigan by four, Hopkins by two. They they 
had a little bit of a you know misstep against Towson, and then they played them a week later and took care of business in the tournament, and they lost by a goal to Duke. I mean, that team is good. They're good, good fucking team. They're good, really good. Yeah. They should not have been in the playing game. Bryant should have been in that playing game, and you know when Penn State got Princeton and Hopkins, who didn't win the regular season Big Ten championship, and they didn't win the Big Ten tournament, got Bryant. The Penn State group chat was electric, but I was like, "Look, here's the thing, though. You got to win that. You got to beat everybody anyway. So if you're looking for the easy way through, then you're not confident that you're that good. Some so, path, some paths done. are easier than others, though, right? You don't want to play the, the one seed first weekend. But I, I have a question for both of you: If the seeding changes and Delaware gets Hopkins, do you think they take care of business against Hopkins? I mean, they took Duke to the wire. See, but I think Hopkins is also Streaking a dangerous the right. team. I, I They've already Hop, they Hopkins Delaware. offense Hopkins offensively is going to shock some. I mean, they might shock Notre Dame with how many goals they could put up. See, I don't. I think Bryant was. Am I right there? That's the matchup, correct? I think a lot of things would change though, Sibes. You're right. I, I I think a lot of things would change though. Like I thought Princeton was ranked way too low. I thought Bryant was ranked way too high. Yeah. Um. If anything, I thought those two teams should have been swapped. Well, so, right, we were talking about this earlier. They only rank the top eight teams. Yes. One through eight. And then the matchups are based, determined on, they try to eliminate in-conference matchups, and then they try to make it um, the least burdensome for travel budgets. Yeah. So it might just be how the the chips are. You can like it or not. Until lacrosse is more profitable, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. It does it make sense in a competitive standpoint? No. It should be one versus sixteen, two versus fifteen. Like that's the way it should be. But it's not. And if you want more teams in the tournament, because we only used to have twelve. My freshman year at Penn State, that was the first year they went to sixteen teams. And um, now we have a playing game, so now you have more teams in the playoffs. If you want that many teams, you got to play within the budget. So it is what it is. It is what um, it is. But, yeah. So I have one question before we move to the next game. Did you guys see the NCAA selection show reaction cam when Kit, when teams were selected? Brian. Some of them, yeah. Okay. Every team was pretty excited. Some teams, straight golf clap like Richmond. Yeah. Brian, when they were selected – moshed the shit out of each other, tore their shirts off, and beat the living shit out of each other. It's excitement, though. It's real exciting. It's great. I loved it. But in hindsight, after what happened against Hopkins, is it hilarious? Well, so what I I thought was weird is that they knew they were going to be it. So, like, that's that. That's what I'm saying. So maybe they I, thought, oh, you're thinking you're thinking maybe they thought it was like that's a good matchup for us. Oh. Yeah, like I'm thinking like no, I think I think they were they they yeah, like they weren't in that large. Wasn't so they acted I mean. like it was like I don't know. I thought it was completely for the camera, and I'm all for entertainment, so I was on board with it. But I think it was all for the camera. It was like, dude, yeah. Well, you I'll tell you what. Better my, show up after that. <laughs> well, my my uh my senior year at Villanova, we were a bubble team, and our coach texted all of us, you know, come to the locker room for the selection show. And I'm like, you know, we just lost in the Big East semis. I'm, you know, coming off a bender. I'm like, if I go down, show up, put on my travel gear, and show up for this thing, and we don't get picked, I'm gonna start breaking shit. Like, right. and then we did get in and we all went nuts. But like looking back on it, they wouldn't have invited us to the locker room together if they didn't know 
right. you know, get get a little heads up like, hey, you're going to be in, get the cameras ready. But we reacted like that because we were like the bubble team. Yeah. So and then Brian, what happened in the first round? What'd you guys do in the first round? We got stomped by Duke. Yeah. But no, that's but, that's my point. Duke was ranked what? High. They were playing the national championship that year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, I'm I'm just adding that for entertainment value. No, no, no. I agree. I like That's my, my whole thing was, you know, they knew they were going to be in. So <laughs> after that shit show, the rest of the games on Sunday were awesome. <laughs> He's such a dude. <laughs> Michigan Cornell. Holy shit! The dude, Wolverines Cornell, can't lose. The Wolverines exactly can't lose what I thought right it now. was going to be, dude. Like, oh like it was back and forth faceoffs. There were, I think, there were like three or four points off of faceoffs in that game. Um. They, neither team could stop each other in the second half. It was electric. It was great to watch. I was looking at the bracket, and I said to myself, if any upset's going to happen, it's going to be this game. Whoever get, or whoever gets matched up with Cornell, I thought had the best chance to upset because I knew Cornell was going to be seeded. And I think, I just, I don't know. I just don't think the Ivies, you know, had a great showing out of conference this year. Um which led me to believe that some teams that maybe weren't getting as much love in other conferences, maybe because they're the two or the three team in other conferences, would have a good shot against Cornell being. You know, I, I think I think the Ivies, um, you know, fellas, real quick. I think the Ivies earned their reputation the last couple of years that we might have brought into this year. I think you know, like I think we always thought like four teams are coming out, four teams deserve to come out because of what they do to each other all year. Um, but this year it was a little different. Maybe this year they weren't at the top of the – it wasn't the but strongest also, conference. There's also something to be said here for the fact that Cornell – Cornell won the regular season Ivy League championship, right? Right. They played Michigan, who was the Big Ten tournament champion, and they lost by one goal. And then you had Penn State, who was the regular season Big Ten champion, playing Princeton, who was the tournament Ivy League champion. Correct. And they lost by one goal. So they're not – the Ivy Leagues no. weren't that down. I just think there were – when you compare them to the ACC, I think because the Big Ten was so good this year I, I think and had Big more Ten, teams. I think yeah. The Big I just Ten thought there just were more – yeah, I thought there were more elite teams in the Big Ten, and it makes the Ivies look not as good. Right. When I still think the Ivies were good. They just beat the shit out I of think, each I other. Think it was, I think it was ACC, Big Ten, Ivies this year. In, in the past, we might have said ACC, Ivy, Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. It just made a change. I mean, the, yeah. the emergence of Michigan um, coming out of the Big Ten is, I mean, hats off to Coach Connery and everything he's done this dude, year. Connery's the man. Yeah, Good dude. for him. Yep. We I all mean, knew this day we, we've, we've seen so much success recently in the Big Ten between Rutgers and Ohio State. And, you know, this year, you know, they had a down year and Michigan picked it right up. And they, you and know, Hopkins. Showed, you know, yeah, Hopkins. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Kester are in the, that squad. I mean, Hopkins Hopkins's rise back to national prominence is is a huge deal. And when you have Ohio State, who I thought preseason was going to contend, um, and Rutgers, who Rutgers has really been in the conversation the last couple of years because they've capitalized on the portal, um, and they they had duds of seasons, but they were in the Big Ten, which is like sorry boys, I'm just uh, texting with Paulie Rabel right now. He's trying to get me to work Rabel overnight camp. I said maybe I'll work the camp this hey, summer. Tell Paul if you, if you tell show Paul up. to come work the Rise Up overnight camp. If you show up on the pod, correct. So we're just yeah. talking right now. Sorry boys, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> you, came, you came late, and now you're Can talking you, on your phone. Get me some. Get me some. Oh, nine shit, point Greg, nine Greg, shit, man. Can't wait for your weekend this weekend. Gonna be a good weekend. 
Good. All right, here we go. Let's proceed. So Penn State, Princeton. Let's talk Penn State, Princeton. Okay. That game was awesome. Okay. And I said this, get me my receipts. Okay. I said on this pod last week, I said, I'm taking Princeton at one and a half because if Penn State wins this game, it's going to be by one goal. Yep. Right out of the gates, Princeton started stomping them, and it looked like it was going to get ugly. It gave me, it gave a lot of people reminders of when Yale beat up on Penn State in the Final Four yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. But I've said that before on this podcast. As a Penn State alumni, I've been watching Penn State lacrosse for years. This team's different. They don't get scared when they get down. Couple down, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Last year, Penn State had a two-win season, and everyone was like, "Oh, they suck." It was like, dude. Five of those losses were one goal games. Yep. This year they flipped the sw- the script, and when they get down, they don't go out. You know, they they started winning faceoffs in the second half. Their offense is so efficient, and they have kids who can sling it. Sling you it. can't I coach Ethan Long, dude. Ethan Long, yeah, dude. You can't yeah. you can't just lock off one person. There's mismatches all the time in the midfield. If you bring a pole up from the attack to cover a midfielder, now you're screwed on the attack. Yeah. So it's just. You know, kudos to them. Now, here's the biggest thing. Coach Tambroni is the man for a reason. They played man to man in the first half against Princeton. They got shellacked. They came out in the second half. They invert on offense and they go to a zone. And Princeton didn't score for like 20 minutes. And it went from like a nine to two or seven to one game to 12 to nine real quick. And just hats off, man. They trust that their goalie, the kid is unbelievable. Was, Scotty, I was exactly going to ask you this. I I know at Notre Dame, you guys probably weren't big on playing zone defense, but like if you're yeah. feeling your groove as a goalie, like this Penn State kid is, aren't you like you know give me those twelve to fifteen yard shots? I don't mind sitting in zone. Those are so the ones I, I want to see. So with the field that's left, I would always say I actually went. I actually did a camp this past weekend where we were coaching youth coaches, and they were asking us how would we coach defense? Do you guys do zone? I say if you if you play zone in fucking youth lacrosse, you have no respect from me, right? <laughs> but but now you're thinking about Virginia, Duke, Notre Dame. Guess what? You want to stop a well-oiled machine? You put a kink in the in the, Wrinkles. In the, in the goddamn everything. So a zone has always been a kink. And it's like, it's a big one or it's a little one. If you have a great goalie, it is a big kink in that chain. You need a good goalie to run a good zone. And he's an All-American. And and he played like it. And, and if you could sit that, you take a lot of stress off your slide and your recovery. Your slide and your recovery cannot be cannot be retaught and it cannot be re-game-planned in a week, especially in the playoffs. I don't care what anyone says. But a zone wrinkle could be very effective within a week. So I think that this is going to be perfect for what they're trying to do with throwing little, like, uh, kinks in these offenses that are just going, like we talked about, Notre Dame's offense is just all cylinders. Well, how do you get that if you ever run into them or Duke or Virginia or even Georgetown at this rate? You're going to need some sort of something to throw a cock well, in the also, machine. on top of that, Scotty, you can bet your ass Army has to spend a lot of time this week practicing oh. against the zone. And if they don't have outside shooters, they're going to have to work extra hard for that shot, that 8 to 10-yard here's, here's Here's what I always said, and I've brought this up in the past, is yeah. if you start to see teams starting to have a ton of success, maybe even winning conference championships, winning big games constantly with zone, copycats happen, more zone, more zone, 
does the NCAA put a two point line? Well, well, here's the thing. Could you, I love that. I love that because this could happen in this in this in this tournament. But if now if Georgetown's up and Tucker Dornovic shooting that ball from 15, I don't think his own matters. So I, I think he busts that well, ball open like he the always other has. Thing, Scotty, you brought up a good point. Is as we get deeper in the tournament. Everyone has tape from everyone in the whole season. You can't right. keep doing the same thing against these great coaches who are left, right? These coaches that are still coaching are, are there for a reason. They're going to game plan. So if you can throw in that wrinkle that's new, that there's not as much tape on, that's what's going to screw so, with these offenses. So yeah. I know, I, I can tell you guys, I know I don't want to go too, uh, Greg counts my rants, I'm on my third. So, uh, you know, I just want to make sure, like, listen, um, when I was in this run, I knew our offense wasn't going to turn into a juggernaut overnight. Uh, we weren't winning games by more than two goals. So we knew going into that Natty champ against Duke, who was high-powered, we're going to maybe have to only get – it was a lot of stress on our defense, but we said we, could, we can't give up above seven goals. And we kept it to 6-5, but we still lost. But guess what? We kept it within a range where we could strike. I think every team knows their chemistry. I hope you do at this, at this point in the tournament. You know who you are. And if that's who you are at Penn State and you know your offense is going to put the ball officially in the cage, maybe stick it with – if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. Yeah, you're riding but I also you think you, you can go in and out of it. Even in the second half, Penn yep. State went in and out of the zone. Yep. Um, yep. And look, you're when right. I played the, the – I think my last two years with the Redwoods, our defense – we actually had Doc came – and was an assistant coach helping us with the defense. And we went in and out of his zone a couple times while he was there. And guess what? Even in the pros, with a two-point line and a shot clock and the greatest shooters in the world, it would stifle a team sometimes when yeah. you've got like a minute left on the clock in the second half or in the first half, and you want to stifle a team real quick on an out-of-bounds. Um, so, yeah, it's a good wrinkle. And at, at the biggest thing is and, – and you'll hear NFL coaches talk about this all the time – at the very least, it – takes away practice time from the opposition yep. to now have to focus on that thing. So, so, and also, and also lastly, I know heels needs this plug. Paulie rape says, tells the, tell the pod, let's fucking go. So that's from Paulie, big supporter of the pod. Um, that's but cool. also listen, preparing. I remember Marilyn, uh, coach Cottle, we were sitting in a car a couple weeks ago and he was telling me like, I remember preparing for you in that uh, playoff run. And they were saying they put a goalie in full football pads. Shoulder pads and everything. And he goes, I think looking back, us just preparing for you got in our head. So, you know, preparing for one person or a system all week could maybe sometimes throw that rhythm off alone. So Dude, I, one I of the think biggest things I ever had pride about when I played pro was that I knew that teams were wasting time trying to figure out. Oh, yeah, songs. we were. Oh, we were. We watched. I figured, you know what? You took up a lot of Jimmy John's Fridays, buddy. <laughs> a lot of them. Were I, I, we were like, Coach, we're like, Coach, we're trying to go watch the, the NBA playoffs. Yeah. He's like, we got to prepare for Beast. I'm like, bro, can you just keep the rope unit? No, the whole team's got to stick around. <laughs> you can prepare yeah. for it. Just get yeah. ready to run to the box. You're all yeah. good. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's uh yeah, I, I yeah. let's preview the games coming up and I'm gonna rattle off all four games and I want each of you to give me which game you're looking forward to the most, um, and which game you think will be the biggest blowout. Gotcha. Ooh. Okay. Games we have G Town versus UVA, Michigan Duke, Army Penn State, Hopkins Notre Dame. Michigan Duke's the biggest blowout for me. Highest scoring game, Virginia Georgetown, about 1918, 20 to 19. And then we have uh that Notre Dame uh 
Hopkins game, I honestly believe if that if the if the Hopkins goalie, the little guy that if he gets hot, dude, I mean, I know Edmonton's going to be there, but it could turn into a goalie battle. So I'm thinking uh, that game's going to be a little closer than people think. And then the fourth game was what? Army Penn State. That's my uh, I think that's my, that, my my most entertaining and probably closest game of the week. I think that will be the most competitive game. Uh, like I said, hindering on if that Hopkins goalie goes off. I think Hopkins will put a couple G's in, but I also think Notre Dame's just comes. It's a lot, so if they can kind of withstand it, that's a great answer. Yeah, I feel like you, you just went. I feel like you just went Will Farrell. I just blacked out. What did I just say? I blacked what out. It, what is, what I, I'm an analyst. I, I've been hanging out with you two nerds for too long. I'm starting to analyze games, and you know that's where <laughs> that's what we're getting to. No, that was yeah. great, Greg. What wow. do you got? That was really good, Scotty. I think, well, I'm looking at DraftKings here. I'm looking at the lines. Oh, you're cheating. That's cheating. I want initial react. I want just reaction. What are you talking about cheating? Why don't you just shut up and and, and, take some free money from me? All right. All right. So I think Notre Dame is a four and a half goal favorite, and I think Hopkins is going to cover there. Um, I, I think Hopkins will lose, but it'll be tighter than that. I think it'll be like three. Um, I also think that Michigan versus Duke is going to be interesting because Duke is a minus three favorite. The reason Michigan has been able to do what they've been doing is They're offensive two headed dragon on faceoff, right? And they have a two headed dragon on faceoffs. Their second faceoff guy drafted. Okay, the guy who's taking the second most faceoffs on the team just got drafted. That's how good they are. And their first string guy, Justin Weefeld, is an All American. So that is ridiculous to have that kind of production from two guys at once in this in a season. But they are playing against Jake Naso. Jake Naso is a first team All American this year, and rightfully so. But I think Michigan has made their runs because they have an overwhelming faceoff advantage. I think that this will be a more of an even faceoff battle. And the more faceoffs that are taken, the better it favors Michigan because Jake Naso is one man versus two. So I think Duke covers at minus three because of that. And I and then Georgetown versus Virginia, I think, is going to be the biggest win. I think Virginia is going to have an overwhelming faceoff advantage. I like Riley, but I think that Petey LaSala is – this is his 10th round, and he's going to go out like an absolute stud. Um, and when That's Virginia's getting the ball that often, that offense looks like they're barely trying sometimes. I don't I think it's a 20 it's a 29 and a half 29 and a half OU over. and I still don't think that's high enough. I think they're going to I think it's going to go over. 29 and a half they're daring you to bet the under. Yeah, they are. They're daring. I'm waiting for that OU to drop a little bit to, yeah. to give, be more sure. But and then Penn State, I can't bet on Penn State versus Army because I'm in New York, but on Friday when I fly to Vegas and I land, I'll be betting I think the spread last time I saw was Penn State minus two. Okay, it was two and a half. Okay. Um, and once again, I'm going to take Army to cover, and I think Penn State's going to win by one, probably even overtime. I'll tell you what. I was shocked that Army put up 16 goals versus Maryland. I think that is just a high goal total for them. Um, well, I they- think that's also another opportunity for people to see the difference in, you know, so, for instance, we talk about faceoffs and how it's not fair because a faceoff guy can completely change a game. They change the game in the fact that if you're used to winning a high percentage of faceoffs, your offense and your defense 
could be less efficient because you're so used to winning an overwhelming amount. When you only win 50% and for stretches you don't have the ball, it actually changes the whole way you're used to playing. Now, I don't buy, I don't subscribe to the fact that if you have the better faceoff guy, you automatically win a championship because in the last 20 years, there's only been two first team All American faceoff men who've won a national championship. But I think it does make a difference for Weirman and Maryland. So when you look at Army coming in against Penn State, Will Coletti is a really dynamic athlete. And the problem Penn State's going to have is if Chase Mullins doesn't get that ball off the line quick, Coletti's going to counter and steal it back. And if Army wins, you know, five, six, seven faceoffs in a row, they can put the ball in the net every time if they wanted to. I mean, I think I think you're on to something you got there for big, sure. You got big analyst right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited <laughs> for all these games. I think. Sorry, we started think, talking betting, and I just I dialed not, in. So I, I think I, I think both you hit, both you hit the nail on the head that Georgetown UVA game is going to be fireworks. Yeah. Uh, if G Town can hang around, I think two years ago Georgetown took care of business against Syracuse in the first round and then met up with UVA in the second round and got their doors who's, uh, blown who's, off hey who's the number one the number one the number one D picks will will Bowen right he, he didn't go first overall did was he? was it first well he's but he's how many Georgetown defensive Adler went, went first how Bowen many Georgetown went will, I think will Bowen is the reigning defensive player of the year whatever that awards okay and then and then so did, and then so did what's his name's brother went right uh Rowlett's or no He's a Michigan faceoff guy. Rowlett, oh, Nick okay. Rowlett. All right, yeah, so, got drafted by so Chaos. Got, all right, so we got so it's just one defenseman on. So if, if the reigning defenseman of the year could neutralize Sean Schomberger. Schellenberger. Schellenberger, right? I, I'm almost there, boys. This is pretty good for me on hits. Um, that's a win. I think yeah. that's a win, and that's that's a that's a stud on a stud, and that's how you would usually want to cover to neutralize a best player. If that happens. Which in the pros we get you said that's that's that kid's first probably that's a good test before you get into the pro game. Can you neutralize that guy? Because that guy's gonna be around the pros for years after too. So that's how you know I would be pumped up for that matchup. That's the matchup I'm watching. I hear you guys. That and that's you know, that's our recap or in our preview for games coming up. We have a lot of lacrosse left, but man, we're coming down to it. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add for those games coming up? No, I think what we do is we finish by talking about Lyle Thompson. Absolutely. Um, you know, Lyle Thompson announced that he's taking a year away from the PLL um, to, you know, mental health right here, baby. Mental yeah. health, better help. Get well, better help. Lyle, Sponsor Lyle the podcast, had please. That, Lyle had said in the past that he always wanted to be able to coach his kids. Um, yeah. And look, I mean, he looks at, I think a lot of Americans, for the most part, think of lacrosse as a sport. But for Lyle and his family and, and, and a lot of people, it's the game. It's the medicine game. And I right. think it's, you know, for him, he doesn't want it to be something that detracts him from his family, but it adds. Um, so I give him a ton of credit because it's not easy to walk away from that competitive type of thing. But he he'll, he can still play um, during the summers and he can yep. stay, you know, where he needs to be around his family. So a lot of credit to him. I know we were actually talking about what if the Cannons moved Lyle what that would look like and now we actually have a serious discussion about it i think ryan drenner gets the keys now ryan was an all-american at x attack in college and i think he's dynamic i actually think from just a stylistic point of view he fits more of a holman type of offense i think marcus holman gets the keys but but the guy making decisions will be ryan 
Well, yeah, I mean, from from behind. Right. You know, Marcus right. Holman is not going to be. I mean, it's going to be. No, no, no. It's going to be Drenner, Holman, like and Cav. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Cav is going to benefit a ton because be Cav can wheel and deal now. And that yep. ball is going to be spinning. And that's what I know Brian Holman. That's that's an yep. offense he likes. I was going to say, as I was on the beach in Portugal uh, this past week, <laughs> listening, <laughs> listening to the podcast, I was like, you know, as soon as I saw the Lyle news come out, I was like, man, Greg nailed that. Absolutely nailed it that, you know, the cannons aren't in as much trouble as the outside world may believe they will be no. at losing a player like Lyle. They'll be all right, I think. But like I, think, I said, I you, think... you, you can't you can't replace you can't replace like a Michael Jordan. Right. But you could also build a you could have six uh, you could have six Scotty Pippins and you'd be pretty good. So <laughs> I think they'll be all right. Yeah. If you had six Scotty Pippins, yeah, you'd, you'd be more than a right. championship every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah, six, Tony, six Tony Ku coaches, you'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one, <laughs> but no, we're we're happy for Lyle. We wish him and his family the best, and um, we're we're really glad that you know he's taken that time to be with himself and his family, and then yeah. we're excited for him to return to the PLL when that time comes. I'm sure Is we'll he- see him. Is he planning on playing in Worlds still? Though I, I would assume so. Yeah, I would assume that's be. what he's saving up for. I think that's he. I think that's also a kicker. He might know that. That's a lot, right? I go from indoor to that to that. We've talked about it for the younger guys in past Dude. episodes that are Just doing had that it. conversation with Trevor. I think we've done it with Trav, right? We've done it with a couple, yeah. a couple, maybe younger Canadians. Don't think it's, but guess what? He's been doing this a while, dude. You, you know, and and this it, these don't come around too too often. So this is the year to do it. If you're I right. also think. This is like a little bit sidebar, but when you if you guys watch NHL games, the superstar in the NHL games, they they know like you don't touch him, like right, like the yeah. you don't lay these big hits on him. And I feel like that's the treatment that Lyle gets in the PLL, where you know he's superstar, and you know you're not gonna come come high and late on him if he's cutting across no. the crease. But I went to a Georgia Swarm NLL game, and they don't give a fuck. No, they, no, they, they kick his care. ass. Yeah, He's getting his ass physically. kicked out there, like right, just dude. cross checks coming through the middle to his back. And I'm like, he he gets it a little little nicer treatment in the PLL. No yeah. doubt, no doubt. Different. I think that's longevity wise. I think all these NLL guys, even Tommy Schreiber, Tommy will tell you about his shoulder, his back, his knee. That ain't getting better through the NLL. So, like I said, this is a hard year. Lyle's like the Lyle's also in a different spot than Tommy Schreiber. I think the U.S. national team has a ton of weapons that could let Tommy get into his groove. Um, Lyle's the guy off the rip from, for the Iroquois and he is the guy off the rip to get, make things happen. If he doesn't make it happen, what happens? We don't know. So he's got to be a hundred percent. He's got to be fresh. I understand yeah. why he's doing this. Yeah. And, and look, I got kids and I have nothing but respect to make this decision. Not, I, I yeah. this is the whole reason I walked away when I did. It's because I wanted to see my kids grow up yep. and uh, you know, God bless them, man. Yeah, man. And, little house housekeeping with the PLL as well. They announced the 30-man training camp rosters. Um, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. We heard Mike Sisselberger talk about how he's preparing for training camp. We will be sure to give you guys all of the updates and news coming out of PLL training camp. We'll have our, our ears to the ground there and uh, keep you guys updated. With We're going to bring in any- Captain Arrestia. We're gonna bring our boy. Exactly, yeah. our boy Arresti is yeah. gonna come on, chop it up. We can, uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about maybe find out who's performing well, who we think could be some bubble guys making teams, some guys who surprise, and uh, what teams are looking the best coming out of training camp. 
And like I said, you know, the, the NCAA season's winding down. We're getting to some of the best lacrosse of the college season. But that doesn't mean lacrosse season's over because we're just getting started with the PLL. And we're, we're so pumped for that to get get going. <laughs> Fellas, yeah, great, great episode as always. Anything you guys want to end with? Nope. Uh, except happy birthday, Navy and Team USA coach Joe Amplo. Absolute beauty. Yes, sir. Happy birthday. What a beauty. Happy birthday, Coach Amplo. And fellas, that is episode 29. As always, a pleasure. Make sure you follow us, subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the Torch Pro YouTube channel to get all of your lacrosse updates from the number one lacrosse podcast out there. And fellas, we will see you next week. To the moon.